What's going on, people? It's your boy, Koichi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? Today, I got a special one for y'all. It's a special day. It's a special interview. It's a special, just special all around. I mean, every day is special, but regardless, today is a really special day for the podcast. I have a special guest with me that will be talking about something that's very intriguing to me, which is the fire movement. And just talking about her journey through that, she'll explain some of those things. So I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Thank you so much for an amazing intro. I appreciate that. I'm Grace. I am the voice behind Road to Fire YouTube channel and IG page, which was started back in June of 2020. So only a couple months now. Um, What do I do? I work in marketing. I live in the Midwest. I am a wife and mom of a three-year-old. So awesome. Uh, first of all, everybody, while you're listening to this, if you're not driving, which we got to make sure that nobody's listening and driving and pulls out their phone. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be a safe driver. Keep your eyes on the road. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. <laughs> but if you're not driving, go check out our page. I think she has amazing. Not I think. I know she has amazing content on her YouTube page, which I'll have that link down in the show notes and her Instagram. There's a lot of insights. Really, really good insightful things that she puts out there so i would like for everybody to go check it out but like you just said you said you're a mom and a marketer outside of the youtube game so my first question is what got you started with youtube ig like you said you started your first post back in june what instigated like oh you know i'm gonna start doing this now Uh, Honestly, I've been thinking of starting a page for like a year or so. And as I started looking at personal finance YouTubers and IG page, I saw that there was a lot of a lack of transparency where I say. And so what I wanted to do was create a page that I was interested in watching. So essentially the videos that I love is when people are 100% transparent, 100% real. What does your money life look like? What are the hiccups you have in your life? What are your adjustments and change? What is your income? All the things we don't get to talk about in person is what I wanted to put on YouTube. And I think money is still a taboo conversation or topic, which it shouldn't be. Especially especially now as we go through this pandemic, we should be having open conversations about money. And that's exactly what I wanted my page to be about. I don't hide anything. You know how much we make. You know how much we lost. We know, you know, our stock portfolio, you know, our investments. It's all right there and apparent in every single page. But it also keeps me accountable. So I love the group and the community that we have created on YouTube, this small group of 1200 subscribers there, because every single time I post, it's like you guys are keeping me in check. You know, like like, the comments come in and they're like, you should do this and that. And I'm like, yes, you know, so it's like in a couple of years, I'm like, man, you guys helped us get to where we want to go. So I was excited to start a page that I think was lacking in the personal finance area. Yeah, and that's one thing that I, I really like about your your content and about your page is literally the transparency that you show on everything. Especially, like you said, money is not something that we are very comfortable talking about. Like, if you mention money in a regular conversation, people freeze yeah. up and they're like, ah, don't, don't, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Anything else? We'll talk about what Jay Z bought. We'll talk about mm-hmm. all this, we'll talk about anything. But if you bring up money, if you bring up like, oh did you hear about this and that? And they're like, no, we're not talking about that. Mm -hmm. We hold it very, very close to the chest. So I guess my question is, what has that been like? I know you made a video about this, which everybody go check out the video, but what has it been like 
um, having conversations with friends and family about this stuff. Because I know a lot of times when you are passionate about something, it tends to bleed over into other things. So what has that been like when you and your husband and your family do something and people are like, ah, what y'all doing? And then how yeah. does that go from there to like just your regular, regular life? Yeah, you know, when I think about the fire community, they don't look like us. Like they don't they don't have our skin color, they don't have our background. So it's not an easy conversation to have in our community, right? One, we don't really talk about money. And then two, we're talking about early retirements, investing heavily, um, capping out, living frugally, living below your means, all the things that we're taught not to do is what basically we're doing. So a lot of my family members were like, hmm, you're crazy, you know, <laughs> talking about your money, talking about retiring early. That There's one quote that says something along the lines where they'll, they will not like what you're doing, but later they'll ask you how you did it, like something yeah. along that line in the future. Yeah. So I'm really early in our stage, in our journey right now, but it was a hard conversation. My husband was the first one I needed to get on board with this fire. So I started listening to podcasts and reading articles and he's like, what is going on? Like all of our YouTube search is all about money. And he's like, this is just crazy. <laughs> and once I got, we got each other on the same page and we have the same vision and alignment to me, I was settled. So I, I had no other care what family, other people were thinking because I knew later they would see the vision, right? So once we got this uniform front as a family with me and him together, it made things a lot easier. But it's not a clean conversation. When I tell my friends, oh, you know, I'm about to semi-retire in five years, they're like, what? I'm like, you, none of them agree. None of them think it makes sense. But once I get there, they're going to ask me how I got there. Yeah. So it's just, and I'm, I'm like, here's my YouTube channel. Like, here's like, you know what I mean? Like, here's the steps I took. Yeah. Um, so it's not an easy, easy conversation, but I've always been the one to talk about money as a young kid. It's always been a focus. Like I had my first job at 12. Wow. Um, I got, I graduated undergrad at 20. I was making six figures at like 26, 25. Like it was just like money was a path for me. Um, and so everybody has turned to me as a money person. You know, I, I became the family bank at one time. I had an interest rate going for all these loans. So it was just kind of a thing, but it's not easy. I think the first thing was getting my partner and my husband online with where I was going. That's cool. Now that's, I think that's a big thing. Once you have like that one person that you can kind of talk to about all this stuff and depend on about all this stuff, it makes it a lot easier to just kind of keep pushing through. I know when I first started trying to like take all this stuff seriously, I would bug my siblings, which we talked, my, me and my siblings were very close. So yeah. we talk about everything. So when I started going down this movement and trying to figure out like financial literacy and all this stuff, and I started bothering them about it, they were like, you know what, figure it out. Tell us what we need to do so we don't have to think about it, but you can figure it out and we'll just do what you tell us to do, which that made it easier to like be able to talk about it because they were very open with it. So I definitely understand. But when I go outside to like other friends who don't really oh, yeah. understand it, then it's like, no, no, we'd rather do what we're doing right now. But you mentioned the fire movement a second ago. Can you explain what the fire movement is and like what that all entails? Yeah, so the acronym FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And essentially, it's retiring before the standard 67 years old. So it's the ability to shift your current trajectory, live the life you would love to live at an earlier pace. So think about how we're arranged right now in our society. You work 40 years, then you retired when your hip or your back is about to go out, and then you live the life you want. So you see that grandma in a pink Corvette when she's 67, right? That's the way we've kind of like planned life to be. 
But, but there was a group, an organization that got together and said, why don't we do things differently? Why do we have to wait to live the life we want, the pur purpose-driven life at 67? Why can't it be at 40? Why can't it be at 35? Why can't it be at 30? Why can't it be earlier? So essentially the FIRE movement is giving you that ability to retire early and switch into the field or the passion that you desire to be in. And for us, we still want to work. We still want to continue yeah. to do our passion projects, but it'll just look differently. It may not be 40 to 50 hours a week. It may be 20 hours a week. It may be six months of the year versus 12 months of the year. It's just giving us the flexibility and the freedom to create the life we want to have. Yeah. So what was the thing that like triggered the fire movement for you? I know you, you always like, like you said earlier, money was always a thing, but what was like, was it a video? Was it a book? Was it talking with somebody that just kind of sparked it and you were like, whoa, this is something that I need to start looking at more. Yeah, um, 2018, I remember I listened to the Bigger Pockets podcast and it literally had stories of stories of how people were reaching fi financial independence. And it was so simple. So you had a uh, mom, single mom making $60,000 a year, saving $40,000 a wow. year. And, and these examples were like, wait, hey, I'm a high earner, but I still can't save 40,000 a year. I'm like, what is, what is wrong with me? So I yeah. started reevaluating and pushing myself. So I think it was that podcast that really drove me into the fire movement. And from there, it just spun out of control. Like I was like, who's money, Mr. Money Mustache? What does that look like reading this book? I was all over the place for like a year. And then 2019 is when we started making the financial changes, adjusting our 401k plans, maxing out programs, making sure that we're looking at the right accounts. That's when we really made those adjustments. But it was that Bigger Pockets podcast that changed my life. <laughs> wow. That's dope. I mean, for me, one of the things that got me started with like just thinking about finances was Dave. Dave Ramsey's like, I feel like everybody knows who Dave Ramsey is. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was in debt and I was like, why am I in this much debt? And I don't seem to be able to get out of it. And yeah. Dave, you, you listen to Dave Ramsey and he's like, stop being stupid. And that was like a triggering <laughs> factor of just like, you're right. I am being stupid. And then, <laughs> you know, you come to terms with the whole thing. So how did you learn about money? What is your money, history with money growing up? I know you said at uh, 12 years old, you had your first job. Was there something within your family where it was just like, oh, money is something that I need to kind of get a handle on early? Or was it something you learned from other people in your class? Or how was money became like a thing where it was <clears throat> you cared to learn more about? Yeah, well, I'm Nigerian, so I feel like money's in our blood somehow. Hey, it's something we. <laughs> I feel like we always talk about money somehow, some avenue. But I had a really money conscious, money wise mom. So when I got my first job, my mom set up an account and she matched what I put in. So if I put in a hundred dollars, she matched a hundred dollars. She was basically my original 401k <laughs> way back in the day. And Not early with it. <laughs> yes. And then I saw this like compounding effect and this like growth. And so I remember graduating high school and I had like five or six grand and I was like, oh, you know, my mom had put in so much money and I was yeah. in the right path. Um, my father and my sister started a business um, right when I was entering into college and that morphed into a multi-million dollar business. So I was really surrounded by financially savvy people yeah. um, throughout my life. I also did my undergrad in finance. So I graduated with a degree in finance. And so it was in my blood to do that because it was just intuitive to me. It was easy yeah. to me. So I lucked out to have um, wise financial coaches and parents and siblings in my life 
you know, I come from a very large family. All of them were financially savvy, right? My mom, um, she doesn't, she didn't do any checks. She did cash and everything. So I would go to school with a hundred dollar bill. Like that was like how I got lunch and stuff like that. I was the kid who my mom never had a credit card. She never did anything that we didn't believe in debt. They, they have their house paid off, all cars paid off, all that wow. kind of mentality um, as an early age. And so that's what I saw, you yeah. know, it doesn't mean I was perfect with my money, <laughs> but I did have a good group of people around me that were financially wise. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you talked about your son earlier and I think I, you made a video about this and I really, really loved that video uh, where you made the statement that you and your husband are doing fire, but your son is not doing fire. So Absolutely. one of the things that I wanted, I, I was going to ask you, or I'm asking you is, um, what are some lessons or some ways that you're teaching your son, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your son, how to, un, how to understand money and lessons with money, but also how are you protecting him from you guys doing the fire movement and making it not something that he has to go through as well and miss out on some of the things that you might want him to have in life? Absolutely. It was a really important rant for me to have in that video about how (laughs) fire was for me and my husband and not my son. A lot of the misconception about fire is that you cut out so many things in your life that you don't enjoy your life. And as a parent, my life is to make sure, or my mission is to make sure my son has a joyous life, right? So I definitely don't want to have him cut out experience that I think will add value to who he is in, in the future. So for us in general, we wanted to make sure that he still had the everyday life things, that he had goes to swim class, he goes to soccer, um, that he has play dates, that he goes to museums, that he has all those experiences that I think are enriching his life that still cost money. Yeah. Of course, there are free options and free things that we could do as well, but I'm not going to cut corners on my son's life, and that's yeah. really important to us. Yeah. But my son's three, so the first thing we want to focus on when we think about money um, talks or conversation is just the thought of giving, how to be sharing. So sharing your toys, how do you split things up, uh, how do you give part here, because we believe in tithing and giving back it, it's just yeah. really important for us that to be the foundation of the conversation with money that what he has here he, he's living a blessed life he's living a life above many people in this world and with that it requires you to give back yeah. and give back to other people so we have the idea of like do you want to split your cheese in half do you want to share with your teddy bear um <laughs> do you want to give your friend five minutes of this like these concepts of sharing and, and dividing what you have for other people is probably our initial thing uh, we have looked at coins and stuff like that but it's so funny because like i think by the time he's an adult there may not be cash and coins and all that, that stuff around here so i'm <laughs> like is this a, is this worth teaching him i'm like it may not be but the first concept is all about giving you know okay. how do i share and give and even if it's imaginary toys and friends just creating that environment where he understands that what he has may be more than others and he can yeah. offer something for others around him that's awesome. That's so awesome. Like one of the big things that we talk about on the podcast all the time is generosity is greater than greed. And oh, it's, uh, it's such a key concept of once you start, especially once you start with money and running down that rabbit hole of learning how to make your wealth build and learn how to like mm-hmm. trying to get more and more and more and those kind of things. It's easy to focus on just the acquiring and the acquiring and acquiring part, which can also lead to a detriment. And so one of the things we focus on is you can learn all the things you want about money but at the end of the day if you don't have an idea of what money is of not just like a tool for you to use for to your detriment but Mm -hmm. to help those around you as well is so impactful so yeah i definitely appreciate you explaining that factor that was that was good that was really really good i really enjoyed that that was 
deep. I know that episode you did on that show. I was like, yes, yes, somebody who is not just trying to just do all this stuff. I was yeah, like, yes. you know, because so we can live in a one bedroom, we can cut our costs down so minimal. But what what life or, or quality of life will I be giving my son or yeah. my husband or for myself? We still travel, right? I still yeah. go abroad three or four times a year. I have a Tesla. That's definitely not frugal. Like we still do things that might be pushing us out of the way. Um, I, I have to find that balance that works for us. And I think yeah. everybody in the fire journey has their own individual balance, mm-hmm. right? And that's what's the beauty of personal finance. You yeah. you make it your own. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was going to talk about is you've tra- like I, I was just reading through your posts and those kind of things and you, you've traveled to a lot of places. So I was just going to say, what are some of the places that you are going to go this year that Auntie Rona and Uncle COVID oh have canceled? God. Oh my God. In January, I had booked five international trips and I live and die for a good flight deal. So like I found them and I told my husband I'm booking them. And he's like, okay. Like my husband is a really laid back guy. (laughs) So we had, um, we were going to Canada for a trip. We were going to go to Vienna for a trip. We had Colombia, we're girlfriend's trip to Colombia. We were going to Spain and Portugal for Thanksgiving. So that's sad because that's coming up. And then we had a trip booked for Singapore. So I may not be the traditional fire person because I'm spending on all that travel, but that's something that we value and enjoy. And yeah. my son comes along to all those trips. Uh-huh. So he's been to five continents, 12 countries at three years old. He has a passport picture of a six month old on there. So it's very important for me and um, my husband and I to continue to provide enriching experiences for him. So so it, it was a sad thing to not have those ships, but on the silver lining, all that money came back in cash, right? Oh, so then I was, able, I was able to pay off a lot of debt and pay off a lot of things and, and just bulk up our, our emergency fund. Yeah. So there's always a silver lining. Like, I mean, I told my husband, like, those countries will be there next year, yep. okay? <laughs> They're yep. not going anywhere. So they'll still be there. These airlines will still be here. It's okay. You know, one year is okay, you know, so... We traditionally go abroad four times a year. That's our kind of quota in life. We've lucked out to have very good PTO with our companies. Yeah. Um, and I always drag my son with us. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact that, and I, I, I talk about this a lot, like you said earlier, make it work for you. And I just love the fact that you don't have, just being frugal does not mean you have to be cheap or that mm-hmm. you have to like suffer through life. It mm-hmm. just means you're, you put your money up to the things that you enjoy to do. You spend your money where you enjoy to spend. Like me and my friend, he loves to cook. So he's going to overspend wow. on yeah. items in the kitchen because that's where his happy place is. Mm-hmm. But for him, that's where his money is going. So he may not travel or do all these other things. But for him, that's the thing. And I think sharing that is so massive for everybody to understand that whatever works for you, just make yeah. it work for you to the best of your ability and just do what you have to do to get to the goals that you have for yourself in life. Yeah, yeah, I read that in Ramit's book, I'll Teach You to Be Rich, and he mm-hmm. talked about how spend on what you enjoy and love, right? Yeah. He talked about a friend who loves shoes or something along that line. And it's true, I don't buy shoes. I don't buy purses, I don't buy clothes. Yeah. I am wearing the same white tee and you know, black jeans all the time. That's kind of my flow, but I'm going to definitely stay probably at a four-star hotel when I travel abroad or a really nice Airbnb. So it just depends on like what is important to you, what do you value and finding that balance in your financial journey. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm going to switch up the tone a little bit. It's still on the financial journey and everything, but I saw on one of your posts that you talked about how you had your identity stolen. So I just wanted you to talk through that. It is Cybersecurity Month for anybody who doesn't know. But just talk about that and 
what are some of the lessons that you've learned from that experience and some of the things that I guess we can learn from those experiences that you had as well? Yeah, so probably in about 2015, 16, I had moved out of state. And so I had to break my lease. And so my husband and I needed to find a subleaser. So we ended up finding a subleaser, a young lady and her daughter um, living in our unit that we had. And somehow my name ended up being on the lease and staying on the lease. I never fell off the lease. And so she started to use my name to get into other apartments. So like almost like continuing the process. And at that time, I wasn't a religious credit report checker, right? So I have pretty much had good credit, 750s, you know, 800s. I never had a problem. I never checked it. It's not something I do. We pay off our credit card every month. We have low utilization. We're good on this. Um, Until I started getting alerts and I saw that my credit dropped and I was like, what's going on? And I did some research. Essentially, she was using my name to go through apartment applications. And I literally went to the agency, the property management company, and I emailed every person on LinkedIn for that company. And I said, you have, yes, I went on from like every email address I could find. And I I went through and I said, there is a fraudulent activity happening and it's coming from your company. Please reach out to the Experian and all the companies to make sure that everything's correct. And it took a very long time, which is the scary part. Even though they did it like within weeks, it took like months for everything to kind to clear up on my credit report. Imagine yeah. if I needed to get a car or a house or I had any plans in that time frame, yeah. I would have been screwed. So it was very scary to know from a sublease to somebody taking my identity and continuing to rent out properties. And then she went into collections. She didn't pay her rent. So that's when it kind of alerted to me. Yeah. So I was tied into her collections. Yeah. Um, and so it was scary. I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And I had to backtrack. Where was I living in that time? And what happened? Did some research, went on LinkedIn. Part. Yeah. It the research and I was like you know what you guys gotta fix this ASAP and um, somebody I emailed somewhere got it done quickly and it worked out for me but it was very scary but now what's great is that all of the financial institutes that I work with have it embedded inside the app right so I don't have to go out so I get to see it all the time I know where I am before that wasn't the case right so like you know five six years ago that wasn't the case now you in the Wells Fargo app Capital One app in the Mint app you can see them all the time now so I have that daily view and I, I would advise everybody to make sure that it become regular habits to check in your credit score. If it's monthly or quarterly, just going in and seeing and just, just buzzing through. It takes like a couple yeah. of minutes and that's something I didn't have before. And now after that experience, I do all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think one of the things that people were scared to check their score was like, they felt like checking their score would actually drop their score. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was true or not, but yeah. I'm glad like now it's such a peripheral, prolif- I don't know, proliferation that's the word, mm-hmm. that people can now just see it any app that they use and it makes yeah. it a lot easier for you to like know if anything is going wrong and it's very very important to actually have all those things in place i think one of the things that a friend of mine who had the same situation he told me to start freezing my credit like my credit when i'm not when i don't need oh it yeah oh yeah and so yeah. that way you unfreeze it like temporarily while somebody gets the information and it freezes it back up for that time period so yeah definitely agree with that and i just wanted you to share that with everybody to get everybody to be aware of like things that do happen in this world right now because yeah it's not all sunshine and rainbows and you never think it's gonna happen to you never mm-hmm. you never think and then i was like boom man i got hit you know <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was invincible and i'm like i'm not <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the last final question is now more laid back. What is your favorite grocery shop, grocery uh, store to go to? Oh, I'm a Trader Joe's girl, hands down. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because Trader Joe's is small and tiny. They don't have the brands. So I don't get overwhelmed. If you've ever been in a salad dressing aisle or the jam aisle, there's like a thousand options. Yep. You, you're like standing there trying to figure out what salad dressing. In Trader Joe's, it's like three, three choices. Literally, like it's just so condensed. The customer service is amazing. They treat their people amazingly. It's just an in and out. They've done a really excellent job with COVID-19 in my area. They literally have a one in, one out kind of experience. Yeah. It just feels clean and safe when I'm in there. But the main reason that it's small and it's concise and it's affordable. I know everybody loves Audi, but I, you know, it's a little bit farther from my house. I'm not really an Audi girl. So Trader Joe's is my one and only place that I probably shop at if I had to choose. Yeah. I asked that because I saw a post that you put up about talking about Trader Joe's and I was like, yeah. let me, let me toss that up real quick. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of farmer's markets. Okay. I, just, I love fruits. I love fresh fruits. And mm -hmm. so I go, I just found one that's like really good. But yeah, Trader Joe's, my friend is opening me up to the world of Trader Joe's, especially they have plantain chips in there. And I'm Oh, like, I know. Exactly. I'm like, yo, I'm going to go broke just every time <laughs> I go in here because I'm going to be buying plantain chips. But uh, I'll give you the final words. Can you share any words of wisdom for us who are young and naive and still trying to figure out this life thing and just kind of share some of uh, some words of wisdom for us to be able to learn from you? Yeah, the one thing I would say is um, be kind to yourself, like how you speak to yourself, how do you talk to yourself, um, how do you talk about money? I mean, literally those things are the first key foundation of any financial journey. It's it's the words you say, your affirmations, your thought process, your mindset. I spoke in my last video how in 2018, you know, my mindset changed around money and you can see that in our financial journey, just exponential growth in our investing. So I do some silly things in the morning. I like say, Grace, you're amazing. Grace, you're nice. Grace, you're awesome. And some days I believe it, some days I don't, but that kind of helps me get in the right mindset. And, and yeah. when you think about finance, a lot of the words we talk about money are negative. You know, the rich does this and this and that and money's evil, the root of all evil. Let's let's think about money being a tool we use mm -hmm. and all and it's a process, it's a it's a part of getting us freedom. Like how do we change the language around money? How do we change the language around ourselves yeah. will help us kind of reach our goals long term. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. That's actually really, really good advice. Thank you so much. Uh guys, again, please go check out her page and her YouTube channel, especially for those of y'all who always tell me, oh, you're young, you know, you don't know anything about anything. Well, now I'm giving you somebody who's going <laughs> through life, who's, who's, who's in life and doing some of the things where you guys are. And so go check her out. She has a lot of great content and a lot of insightful things to talk about, especially for those of y'all who are trying to figure out, I just got married, I have a son, how am I going to do this whole financial planning thing i can't speak to that because i cannot i don't i don't have that experience but guys she has a lot of great stuff so i'll leave all her links down in the show notes and you guys go check her out thank you all for listening and thank you so much grace for coming on thank you and that's all i got for y'all i hope y'all learned one maybe two things really you should have learned like three four five six so many things out of this entire podcast but anyway i'm gonna catch y'all up on the next one remember generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all, and I'm out. Peace.